Good morning and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is the live show on the first Friday of the month for the Sacred Heart Hour. This is Father Stosh Daly joining you live from the studio with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. Good morning. As we enter into this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus on the first Friday of the month, in this month of March, the month of St. Joseph, we invite you to join us as we offer up the morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Joanne, you have a very important announcement. Yes, I do. For those of you who have been listening to A Journey Through Lent, this week at 8 a.m., you can still listen at your convenience. It was Sister John Paul's episode for today. So go to saintgabrielradio.com or through the St. Gabriel app. We bumped, sister. Oh, sister, <laughs> forgive us. But we'll go and listen to you. Yeah, absolutely. So Chuck and Julianne, we are here on the first Friday of the month because it's uh, a day dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Reparation uh, to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And as we enter into that, a lot of people ask the question, so what's First Friday? What's the Sacred Heart of Jesus? What's, why is this day so special? And if we could just remember that um, our beloved Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, in the 1670s, he appeared to St. Margaret Mary, uh, and he revealed to St. Margaret Mary the burning love within his heart for humanity. And that wasn't the first time that the Lord made such a message clear or even shared such a message with uh, humanity. But in those revelations, in those messages, that visit with St. Margaret Mary, which took place over a couple of years, he brought importance to the first Friday of every month as a day to pray, and in that prayer to make a prayer of reparation for sins against the Lord, for sins against the Lord's sacred heart. And in particular, he asked um, St. Margaret Mary to spread this message to all of humanity, not just to the sisters in her convent, the Visitation Monastery in Paris, the Money of France, not just even to the church, but to all of humanity throughout the world. And Sister Margaret Mary, now St. Margaret Mary, in some of her communication with her superiors and her confessor, her spiritual director, she, she shared what Jesus had shared with her. And this is a quote from one of her letters. On Friday during Holy Communion, he said these words, he being Jesus, to his unworthy slave, St. Margaret Mary, if I mistake not, Quote, I promise you in the excessive mercy of my heart that its all-powerful love will grant to all those who receive Holy Communion on nine first Fridays of consecutive months the grace of final repentance. They will not die under my displeasure nor without receiving their sacraments. My divine heart making itself their assured refuge at the last moment. So every first Friday since then, we gather together as Catholic Christians and we attend Holy Mass we receive communion, and of course that requires us to be in a state of grace, so we go to confession. But we offer up the graces of the sacraments today in reparation, uh, to, if you could think of the word, to repair mm. the wound that is mm. caused or created by people who insult the Lord. So really today, the first Friday of the month, first Friday of every month, it's a day for us to not just think about how much He loves us, but intentionally to first think about how much we are called to love Him. So we gather together this live show at St. Gabriel Radio you know, to consider the power of the Lord's love that comes forth from the Sacred and Heart. And Father, for now we've been on the radio for seven years. <laughs> and I would say... You know, we, dog years, were old. I know, I know. <laughs> but I would say that Chuck and I have tried to do this before, but we made a decision. We made more of an effort. Mm. And I can share that what a gift it is. And don't think sure. about nine. Just think about this coming Friday. Amen. And you will today. find. Today. Yes, this, yeah. today. And we are so blessed in Columbus, Ohio, to have so many opportunities for mass at, you know, just about every time, so every uh, time yep. that you can find a mass. Yeah. And just do it. Mm -hmm. And just do it in. Father nine, but it doesn't mean stop at nine. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. 
and uh, so forth. Also, Father, this year we have a new 40-day daily Litton reflection on the Sacred Heart of Jesus um, with a follow-up question. How can we pray for you? And for our listeners today uh, that have not signed up, you can go to welcomehisheart.com, and every day this reflection comes to you. And people, we currently have over 500. There are people in Florida, Arizona, almost 40 states right now uh, that are listening to the reflection, reflecting on the reflection. And Father, this reflection is helping us go deeper into the heart of Jesus. And it's short. It's short and just so meaningful. It is short. It is short. You know how she wanted to bring that up, Father? It's short. (laughs) You know. Well, people might say, I don't have time for a long reflection. That's so true. That's so true. No, it's a good point. It's a good point, Joanne. So currently, we, as I mentioned, we have many enrolled in the program. Think about joining this program today. You have 31 days left in Lent. So it's not like, okay, I've already done it, nine days, I'm going back. No, you got 31 days right now. It's kind of like a retreat. I think I mean, it every is. Every day there's just a little message. It's a great guides, way to start the, the day. day. Yeah, it keeps you on track. And, yeah. and our Lord wants that heart of yours. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so forth. But there is one reflection uh, coming from Boston. I did grow up Catholic. You know that, Father? We know. <laughs> but, Confession uh, is a part of First Friday. <laughs> but Cardinal Richard uh, Cushing was a... Uh, He was the archbishop and then the cardinal over Boston and uh, so forth. But he had this quote that was in the Lenten Reflection. uh, The home in which the Sacred Heart is enthroned and whose members follow faithfully and perseveringly the implications of the enthronement will be a happy home, a God-fearing home, and a peaceful home. Now, take that to the bank. Right. You Who know, doesn't I want mean, that? I know. Th- this is what we're <clears throat> talking about. Yeah. Enthrone your home to Jesus. Yeah. Now, Chuck, to follow off the, the Cardinal's beautiful um, statement, and we could just delve into the word enthronement. We've covered this, we cover this, we cover this, and yet there's still always that question. What is the word enthronement yeah, mean? Yeah, right. Okay, so I can I just finally grasped the sacred heart, but now they're asking me to enthrone the sacred heart. What am I? What does that even mean? You it's know? kind of a mysterious word. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell well, us, Father. Tell us, Jack. Well, one of the things that we know, Father, is that enthrone is really allowing Jesus to be King of your home. Yeah, that's absolutely. what you're doing. Yeah. And our website is welcome his heart because you're welcoming his heart yeah. into your home, and so forth. And we're talking about anniversaries, Father. I mean, St. Gabriel had it all over both conferences, a cake for Mother Angelica. Yeah, it was great. years. Wow. Nothing was mentioned about 350th anniversary of St. Margaret Mary and Jesus appearing to St. Margaret Mary. They were saving that for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to let our listeners know this has been going on for 350 years. And Joanne, why don't you read a little bit about what she said there on the Feast of St. John the Apostle. Okay, I will do that. Where is it? Oh, what would I do without that man, honestly? Okay, St. Margaret Mary said, My divine heart is so passionately fond of the human race. No, she didn't say that. Jesus said that. Jesus said that. I told you I need him. That it cannot (laughs) keep back. The pent-up flames of its burning heart. He wants to pour out his love to all mankind, which contains all the graces they have need of. You, the St. Margaret Mary, are chosen for this great mission. He then demanded her heart, and she experienced a mystical exchange of hearts with her Savior. Henceforth, they called me the beloved disciple of the Sacred Heart, to spread the devotion of the Sacred Heart 
And this wasn't just for her. Mm-mm. This is yeah. for us. Yeah. This for us 350 years later. And I was thinking all the generations that kept this devotion going. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, so when people are listening to this program or hear about the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, Sacred Heart Columbus, mm-hmm. when you understand this, we're just a vessel right. of following what the Lord requested of her that she be the beloved disciple of the Sacred Heart to spread the devotion of the Sacred Heart. And one of the promises she gave, uh, or our Lord gave to her, I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed and honored. Mm -hmm. Now, Father, help our listeners with this, because I think we all need blessings today, but it doesn't necessarily mean once you enthrone, Oh, they're all going to come. That's so true. Um, Well, you know, I think something good to just consider, kind of put things in context maybe. Uh, Remember the Beatitudes. Hmm. You know, Jesus gives us the Beatitudes. And one of the Beatitudes is, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, a lot of times when we hear Jesus speak those powerful words, that particular Beatitude in the Gospels, you know, a lot of us, we kind of sit back or we think, it's like, what does that even mean, poor in spirit? Poor and blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Now, if we could just remember, you know, the beautiful insights um, from like St. John Paul II. St. John Paul II explains beautifully what poverty is. Poverty is a, an absolute dependence upon someone else for so anything and everything. It's not humility. It's not humility. It's, oh. it's acknowledging, you know, I need someone else. So when the Lord says, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, blessed mm. are those who, in their spirit, they acknowledge they need God. They need someone else. And it's not just they need their spouse, they need their children, they need their parents, they need a neighbor. No, they need God. They need Jesus. Now, in that poverty of our humanity, which is not something bad, you know, in that poverty, there is, of course, humility, there's docility, and then there's this beautiful ability to love. And for, for the past, you know, centuries, up until recently, really, you know, we were never ashamed of that poverty of spirit. Hmm. We were actually set free by it. And so you'd go into every Catholic home, you'd go into every Catholic church, and there would be an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus there for the eyes of our body to behold, because it was a powerful way of acknowledging, you are the one I need. You are the one I'm dependent upon. I'm dependent upon you, O Jesus. And we were never ashamed of that. In fact, we were made strong by that. And so the Lord, knowing knowing like the frailty of our humanity, the dependency of our humanity, the poverty within— but also knowing that when we kind of open ourselves up to his grace and we become you know, poor in spirit, we're able to see him and know him and want him and acknowledge our need for him. You know, the Lord says, I will give myself to you. I will give myself to you. I will give you an image of my heart so that no matter where you may be, no matter what you're trying to survive or what you're going through, no matter your, what your day is like or what's going on in your, your family or your neighborhood or your church or your nation or the whole world, You'll see the image of my heart, and in the poverty of your spirit, you'll know how to direct that attention of your mind to me, and you'll know that I am with you, and I will bless you through the image of my heart. These are his words, not our words. You know, we're not making this up. So, you know, there was that incredible thrust within humanity, especially disciples of Jesus in the Catholic Church, to always have the heart of Jesus exposed because it was a way of acknowledging our poverty, our dependency upon him, but also the generosity of his love, that desire on the part of Jesus to bless us and to protect us and to keep us focused on him, to give us that grace we need. You know, now in the turbulent times of the 60s and 70s, what happened? The heart of Jesus disappeared. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was dethroned in churches. He was dethroned, thrown out, cast away from Christian homes. So when we look at all of this, you know, it really is the Holy Spirit that's bringing back a renewal, a revival uh, within humanity to return to the heart of Jesus. But there's a struggle, right? There's a struggle within each of us in our homes, in our lives, in our parish churches, the, the world, to allow the heart to reclaim the throne that is rightfully his. And so we become easily captivated by the words of Jesus when he says, I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed and honored. Now, we all know, we've discussed many times, it's really easy to expose the heart. The challenge comes into honoring him, allowing us to continue to go back to him. And we've talked about you know, practical steps like move the image around the home. 
You know, yeah. change it up a Have bit so several. that we don't become so uh, routine or it doesn't become regular mm-hmm. or forgotten. But, I mean, if we could just think of the power of the words of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus, God in the flesh, spoken to St. Margaret Mary, and then she spreads that message everywhere. I will bless, that's God speaking, I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed and honored. He is letting us know he knows how dependent we are upon him. And people have said, you know, when I enthroned my home, oh, my husband lost his job Mm -hmm. and... You know, my children, I found out what they were into. Sure. But then, you know, I remember what you shared, Father, because it's so true. It's not that these things weren't going to happen, but now you have extra graces to handle them. It's so true. And the other thing is, you know, keep in mind, um, we always have in our mind or in our heart this temptation to think that everything is convenient. It's, you know, what do they call that? The... um, the uh, prosperity gospel, you know. Hmm. Well, if I just bring Jesus in, I then thought all of a sudden, it was I'm going to instant a gratification. So there's that too. It's kind you of know? Both. I brought the heart in, and I'm yeah. going to be a millionaire. It's like no. Yeah. You brought the heart in so that you can have the peace of God present within yeah. you and among you. And also, there's the practical thing. You bring the Lord in; He's going to start exposing the darkness. Yeah. There. He's going to start revealing Reveal the areas the where there are wounds, so they can He can bring healing. Um, you know, and it's just like you said, when we bring the heart of Jesus into our lives, we bring that grace in to be able to weather the storms, you know, and to really, once again, acknowledge just how much we need Jesus. We cannot do this on our own. And to think we can is to already lower our heads before defeat. The Lord has come to really set us free. And what a beautiful, powerful message. Um, and when you think about it, St. Margaret Mary, I mean, she was a cloistered visitation nun. Mm. I mean, it's amazing how the Lord goes to those that the world doesn't look to. And then he says, now be my messenger, be my apostle. it seems like impossible. Totally, absolutely. Well, it is without God. Yeah. And Father, as we met yesterday, we were talking and Joey and I were reflecting on a little bit about our enthronement, but you brought up something I thought was really uh, good to hear again. That first of all, we had to make a priority. Yes. That faith was gonna be a priority of our family. Absolutely. And in making that statement, and I know Joanne and I made it when we made our marriage encounter and when we, uh, in 1983, and when we left, we said, this is going to be a priority. So when someone invited us, Father Joe Lost, in 1990 to enthrone our home, as you said, we had already made that decision. Yes. So even though we didn't know what we were really doing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know. Yeah. All right, Father. Yeah, let's do it. We're willing to do it. Right. Because we make that decision. So for our listeners during Lent, you know, Father, we always, you know, put you on the spot. We're going to put you on the spot again. (laughs) Here we go. I I wish you could see his face. Here, here, Here we go. But suggestions for our listeners, how can they make faith a priority in their oh, home? Oh, that's a good question. You know, okay, so I'm gonna let's just begin simple. I I was just I just had a conversation the other the other day and someone asked me something very in the same vein, you know, Father, what can I do? I said, Go visit Jesus and ask for the grace to be faithful. Hmm. You know, and then there was like this awkward silence. Well, what do you mean? Go visit the Lord. If you can make it to your local parish church, go visit the Lord in the tabernacle. If you can't make it to your parish church, in the silence of your home, turn off all the noise, and just in the silence of your home, you know, either speaking it out loud or within your heart, just ask, ask the Father in heaven to give through his Son, Jesus Christ, the grace to you to be faithful. And then follow it up with another request. Ask for the grace to acknowledge how much you are loved by him. Because mm. that takes a grace. You know, Lord, give me the grace so that I can finally acknowledge how much you love me. And then, Lord, if I may be so bold, give me the grace so that I can now love others. Be faithful, acknowledge how much you are loved, and then try to love others. But all of that takes grace from the Father. That's why he sends his son to us. And like, you know, you have that beautiful uh, witness right there. You know, we have to make a priority of our faith. And we have to make our faith the priority. And, you know, once you do that, and I think sometimes we do it, then we take it back. So then true. we do it and we take yeah. it back. <laughs> we trip and fall. Exactly. We trip and fall. But when you do that, it makes it so much easier yeah. 
it's true. to make other decisions yeah. and other choices. Yeah. So then if you know that is the priority, yep. then it, it's like, ah, oh, okay, this is where we're going to go. Right. And I, I think one of the, and I've talked to people who have enthroned now for years mm-hmm. and asked, you know, was it a grace for you? How did it go? How is it going? But I think for Chuck and I, one reason we are still on fire, even more now with the culture. Sure. Is that, you know, 33 years ago, we can look back and in our really ignorance of just, you know, okay, father, we'll do this. (laughs) What do you want for dinner? And, um, but we know that the Lord is faithful Mm -hmm. to his promises and we can look back and say, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It it was a turning point in our family and in their lives. But we didn't know it at that time. No, right. you don't have to yeah. know it. Just say yes. But you know what's beautiful? <clears throat> and this is what I've learned in being friends with you. Ooh, Nike, just say yes. Nike Didn't mean that. Just do it. Just do it. We're dating ourselves. Say yes. That's yes. A, that hasn't been yeah. a slogan for years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hon, that, that left when I graduated <laughs> high school. <Yeah. laughs> and that was not just the other day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but you know, oh. I mean, I think something that's important is you two have really made an intentional effort at honoring the Lord, which kind of keeps the adventure alive, right? Not just, you know, um, being open to him, but honoring him. It's such an adventure. It, uh, you could never. From this adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so... I say it's sort of like getting in a little canoe and it's all calm and you're just out to see the leaves and it's a really beautiful day. And then you come to the rapids <laughs> and you're holding on tight. It, but honestly, I think that is part of the journey, yeah, the thrill, yeah. but knowing the Lord has you there yep, and you will be safe. Yeah. And, and I think also for listeners today, if you haven't enthroned, mm. go to welcomeisheart.com. A lot of information is there. You can, for those that have attended the men's conference last year, we handed out to everybody the enthronement. Uh, evangelization kit that had the booklet, the image and everything. If it's still on the shelf, (laughs) if it's still there, pull it out. If your husband said, you know, I have this, uh, but one of you are thinking, well, maybe we shouldn't do it. Think about Joanne and I say, yeah, we're going to do it Uh and we're going to trust. And that's the key is just, just say yes. And I think father, we also talk about this year at the men's conference, not only last year was the enthronement of the sacred heart and talking about the heart of Jesus, but this year we talked about the heart of Mary, yeah. the immaculate heart, yeah. and how Mary leads us to Jesus. to Jesus. So each of the men were given uh, an image, a booklet, how to consecrate yeah. their home and themselves to Mary. And what we've always said is Mary consecrate first, mm-hmm. then that leads us to the enthronement right. because she always leads to Jesus. Yeah. And she's pointing to Jesus. If you've already enthroned, but now you have the consecration, we have something special for you in the second session, when to do it, how to do it. But I want you to start thinking about the importance of this. And also, I, I know all the talks are on St. Gabriel Radio for both conferences. Yes. And you can go on, and I mean, they're all great. The women's conference, the men's conference, but there is a talk by Father Wilson on the consecration. Yeah, he was fired and, up. And the decision that he's challenging you and gives you the why and so forth. And I know, Father, as we'll be coming to a close, any thoughts that you have in regards to why Mary Mm. and the Immaculate Heart. And why do we call it the hearts of Jesus? I mean, the hearts, the Immaculate Heart sure. and the Sacred Heart. Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, we have to remember that the invitation given by the Lord is an invitation to live life. It's not to an invitation to accomplish this program, to jump over that hurdle, to finish mm-hmm. this book, uh, to go to this place. You know, he doesn't give us a checklist or a punch list of things to do, and then we're going to be saved. He invites us to life. Hmm. You know, he invites us to truly be alive 
in the good life. And when we speak of, when you hear of something like the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, a consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, or maybe like in the month of March, the consecration of St. Joseph, we can so easily go to the default of punch list. These are things I got to do, boxes I got to check, programs I got to participate in, books I've got to read. Remember, it all boils down to the invitation of Jesus to live life. So when we are speaking of this invitation uh, that we're extending to everyone to enthrone the Sacred Heart and to consecrate to the Immaculate Heart, avoid the tendency of thinking checklist, punch list, boxes to be checked, you know, programs to be fulfilled, satisfied, books to be read. This is an invitation to life. A consecration to Mary, a consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is nothing other than an invitation to open yourself to the Mother of Jesus and walk with her to the destination that exists before all of us, which is her son, Jesus. And Father, what struck me as you were sharing is uh, the word, the good life. Yes. And how we think the good life yeah. is really, you know, a material life. Yeah. And it really brought home to me when we were moving and we had an attic and we had put our treasures up there, <laughs> things that we were going to use later. Or, and then you Her look treasures. at them. Yeah, well, maybe so. <laughs> I saw that coming. <laughs> and, but you look at them years later, it's like, really? I know. You know, really? Yeah. But our faith, you can't buy joy. No. You can't buy peace. Yeah. In this, it's a free gift, but you have to accept it. It's so true. That's and so you true. can go on Welcome His Heart. Uh, you can get the consecration uh, on the Immaculate Heart of Mary booklet and an image. And you can also get the enthronement uh, of the Sacred Heart, the booklet and the image. And what we're saying is, Therefore, you're making a decision. Yes. And this, but before you make that decision, I like what you said, Father. First of all, go to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And really start to receive his love, and then you can give your love. Right. And then as a family, now we're ready to really bring that love into our home. And if you get pushback. Which um, you will. (laughs) Yes, you you will. will. (laughs) Then actually kind of smile and say, this is really important. The enemy must not be happy with what I'm about to do and our family's about to do. Instead of saying, oh, no, this is really tough. I'll give it up. It's the opposite. I know. The opposite. So you know you're on the right path. You know you're on the right something path. Something keeps knocking you off of it. Exactly. <laughs> Well, as usual, we've covered a ton of territory yeah, in this first segment of the Sacred come. Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Keeping in mind, we're in the month of March, the month of St. Joseph. Um, on this first Friday, we direct our attention, uh, through the intercession of St. Joseph, we direct our attention to the heart of Jesus, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And as we bring to a close the segment, we invite you to join us in this closing prayer. I invite you to listen to the words and let them sink deep down. Um, the words will guide us to the Father in heaven through the heart of Jesus, accompanied by the heart of Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, humbly kneeling at thy feet, we renew the consecration and enthronement of our families, of ourselves, to thy divine heart. Be thou our King forever. In thee we have full and entire confidence. May thy Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our works. Bless our undertaking, share in our joys, in our trials, and in our labors. Grant us to know thee more, to serve thee without faltering. By the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Queen of Peace, set up thy kingdom in our country. Enter closely into the midst of our families and make them thine own through the solemn enthronement of the Sacred Heart, so that no one cry, respond from home to home. May the triumphant heart of Jesus be everywhere, loved, blessed, and glorified forever. Honor and glory to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We invite you, we ask you, Sacred Heart of Jesus, protect our families. Amen. 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 I have a new book called I Am. It's about stopping negative, self-defeating self-talk and replacing it with the life-giving, uplifting words God says about you. After all, you're his child who he found worth dying for and who he destined for eternal glory. One sad obstacle I've encountered from church-going folks to this book is the idea that God wants us to beat ourselves up. They think it's holy to put themselves down, to say, I'm just dirt, I'm nothing. After all, at every Mass we say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. 
Well, that's true, but you need to remember what happens within moments of you saying you're not worthy. The God of the universe comes to you in Holy Communion. God replies, I declare you worthy, not because you have it all together, but because you're mine. True humility is reality, friends. And the reality is you need to start living, thinking, and carrying yourself like you have royal blood. Because believe it or not, it's true. For more from my book, I Am, visit rewriteyourname.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. Well, as a teenager, I didn't really see how relevant uh, religion was in my life. In my early 20s, I I began to look at other faiths. Well, I, I understand as, as a Catholic that the things that I, were, I was given uh, at a very early age, those things never ended. They're still with me. That's what drew me back. Because the Catholic Church is, a, is worldwide, th there are so many different types of people that come to the church, and, and it's a place where I feel accepted for who I am. I'm where God wants me to be. And, and I feel like my life is, can be used for what he wants now. And when I came back, I said, Lord, you were waiting for me the whole time with your arms open wide, and I have come home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. If you are hearing us right now, then that is a sure sign that it's the first Friday of oh, the month. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> and it's the month of March, which means we're in the month of St. Joseph, the spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the foster father of Jesus Christ. As we enter into this month dedicated to St. Joseph on this first Friday, just as ask for the prayers of St. Joseph to guide us to his adopted son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to be able to walk with the Lord to keep our eyes focused on the Lord while always remaining attentive to the presence of Our Lady whenever we are near pursuing Jesus. It truly is the, the family, right? In this yeah. month of Joseph, we have an opportunity to consider the first Friday, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Tomorrow is the first Saturday, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So in this time, it's the, the Holy Family. We're in the month of Joseph on the day of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Beautiful. day of the Immaculate Heart you of know, Mary. You know, I always thought Father March was... Blah. Something about the lion coming in. In like oh, a yeah, lion, out true. like a lamb. Yeah. And I was thinking, again, being <laughs> the convert, the church has is so smart, you know, how yeah. the Lord put together this calendar year. It's true. Here we are, before we get to celebrate Easter yep, yep. and everything, yeah. we have to go through March. Yeah. And we have to go through Lent. Yeah. And we haven't really talked too much about Lent. Uh, check. Father wants to say a prayer. Oh, he wants open prayer? I thought I would wow. break it up a little bit, Father. All right, here we go. I love fraternal or spousal correction. Yeah, yeah. yeah you are saved. Wow, we'll, okay, meet you, we'll meet you afterwards for yeah. some counseling. Uh -huh. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families during this night that is to come and help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. 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 Father, question now. <laughs> we'll get back on the topic. The whole month is a blessed time of reflecting upon and honoring the man who is the guardian of the Redeemer. Amen. I never mm. thought about the whole month. It's true. I didn't yeah. either. Yeah. Oh, we're Catholics. We don't think we don't keep things on one day. <laughs> we spread it all out. You know. It's we, true. We've got months. We've got octaves. We've got triduums. Oh yeah. Come on now. It's yeah. Love it's, it. It's just good. <laughs> it just, is good. But I love that title of Saint Joseph, the Guardian. I mean, the guardian of the Redeemer. Think not only of the privilege, but also the responsibility. God in the flesh, you know, whether as an infant, a toddler, 
learning how to walk. You know, I mean, just he was the guardian of the Redeemer. I it's just and to think of the the humility Saint Joseph had to have. You know, um, I I don't think anyone can let their eyes rest upon Saint Joseph and not be moved by his humility. And I love what you had shared before about uh, our Lord learning about manhood. Yes, through Saint Joseph. It's so true. Yeah, you know, there's um. For nine, ten years, give or take, um, I was at Holy Family Church in downtown Columbus where I served as a priest. And there's a statue there, and I've only seen that statue one other place, and it was in a parish church in Brittany, France. Mm. And um, the statue of St. Joseph, which is just beautiful, it's majestic, um, he's holding the infant Jesus, but the infant Jesus has his head turned back looking at the face of St. Joseph. You know, normally is when you it see, still there? Yeah. Oh, sure. That thing is made out of terracotta. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's heavy. But it's beautiful because normally when you look at a statue of St. Joseph, a picture of St. Joseph, if he's holding the infant Jesus, they're both looking at you. Yeah. But in this statue, the infant Jesus is looking back at his dad, oh, at St. Joseph. that is beautiful. And it, and it really is beautiful because if we think about it, and you know, a lot of this came out of meditation and uh, the formation that we received in the year of St. Joseph. And we got that book, Consecration of St. Joseph. Um just so many things, powerful insights came out. But if you think about it, you know, Jesus uh, inherited all of his DNA from Mary, right? So if you saw Jesus's face, you'd see the face of his mother. Hmm. But if you heard Jesus speak, if you watched how he acted and interacted with people, you saw Joseph, you know? Jesus knew everything he needed to know as God. He's God in the flesh, you know? Um, but when you saw how he interacted, his mannerisms, you know, as we were thinking and talking and just kind of awesome. praising God, you know, the other day, it was like when you when you hear Jesus speak about the attentiveness to the widow, hmm. or when you hmm. see and hear, let the children come to me. That's one of my favorite images. It's oftentimes read at baptisms, you know, let the children come to me. Um, or even, you know. When our beloved Savior Jesus enters into the temple and he sees how it's become an irreverent place of business and marketing, and that temper comes out. I mean, the wisdom of God is there. Jesus is the Lord. He's the Son of the Father in heaven. He's the second person of the Trinity. He is God. But when you see how he acts as a man, where did he learn how to act like mm. a man, if not from Joseph? You know, and Chuck, you had that beautiful thing that you learned from men's that ministry. Is profound. Boys love their mothers, but they watch their dads yeah you know they it's learn true. how to act how to live from their dads but they love their mothers isn't it the same for jesus i mean when we mm. encounter the god man jesus christ in the gospels you know as the adult those three years of public ministry when you see how he acts when you hear you know how he embraces humanity where did he learn how to do that if not from joseph you know, you know mm. father i think that is profound um and i was mentioned at the men's conference every man has a story it's true. And yeah. they could write their book. Yeah. Women have stories, and too. And the women have stories. <laughs> and what I was thinking of, you know, for me, it's Father, true. I grew up with a wonderful father, and yeah. he had certain behaviors. Sure, yeah. You know? uh -huh. And yep. one behavior was he loved to come home from the office, have a scotch, Sure. you know, read the Wall Street, turn on the news, catch what's going on in those yeah. days, and this is the 50s and so forth. And so when I initially became married with Joanne, I thought this is what I need to be doing, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> that I had that course correction. <laughs> but, Where is this going, what, Charles? What happened was I realized it was a gift that I received, and that gift is that conversion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's how we started men's ministry was yeah. if I could have a conversion. Every man can have. It's not too late for men never, never, to start never. to say, who are you going to model after? Right. And after that conversion, no more scotches, no more television, yeah. no more Wall Street. It was to enter into the family. Yeah. Huh. And that's what Joseph is really leading us to. He's leading us back to our family and our responsibilities. Yeah. And we always say the four keys, Father, and you could help us with this. Provider, mm. protector, mm. leader, and teacher. Yeah. And I think men forget their roles oh, sure. because yeah. 
all of a sudden what was important to a lot of men was their occupation. Yep, yeah. Not their vocation. Yeah. And I think when you flip it and say, this is more important, my vocation. Yes. Than this. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. Well, you know, I was a little disappointed that the women's conference did not initiate the enthronement to the Sacred Heart and the consecration to the Immaculate Heart. They still haven't. But taking it to prayer and meditating on it, I thought, no, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. This is providential because it is the man who is the spiritual leader, who is the head. And sometimes I think women, we can kind of, I don't know, we can overpower the man, especially with the women's movement, can go too far. And I thought, no, this is Jesus Mm. giving the man the rightful place of head of the home, spiritual father, spiritual leader, empowering him to take the lead in the family, and the women will follow. Right. It's not that women aren't called to initiate. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a powerful. Was that right, Father? <laughs> wow. Well, I know. Anyway, it was my thought. Joey's my... like, oh, look, a code of us. Push Father. <laughs> <laughs> Again. It's just my take, my old baby off the rail. They're kind of, these men are kind of quiet. So, you know, that might say something. <laughs> No, but I, I think you know, there's some, there is something beautiful about whether it's the the man who's a husband and a father, whether it's the woman who's a wife and a mother, an individual who's not even married, you know, a man who's a priest right. or a woman who's a consecrated religious sister or an individual who's single. When you draw yourself, when you allow yourself to be drawn into living the life, the good life, you take notice of who's around you, and. You know, when we were talking about in the last segment, the consecration of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I mean, those are that's a lot of big words to form this phrase. It is. But it, truth be told, you're just acknowledging the woman who is the mother who has been mm-hmm. sent by the Father in Heaven to walk with you to get to her son, Jesus. And when you think of the, Mar- the month of March and the month of St. Joseph, yeah, a lot of people get hung up on these words. It's like, stop getting hung up on stuff. That's that's you being centered on you. Think about who's walking around you trying to help you get to where you need to go. Heaven. To be one with Jesus so that you're in front of the Father, you know, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Beatific vision, you know? And when we've got St. Joseph there, I, I just, I always, um, I'm humbled, if not even humiliated. Joseph said nothing that is recorded in the Gospels. Now, something is implied. We know he said the name, Jesus. That's when he legally adopted the baby boy, you know, when he gave him his name. But I know in my own personal life, in my prayer life, in moments of desperation, in moments of hope, in moments where I'm dreaming um, of something really big for myself, the church, the parish, whatever, the seminary, I go to St. Joseph. And it's amazing how I just have to have that, I have to take that chill pill, you know, place the intention before St. Joseph, ask him to walk with me and pray with me, pray for me. And then what? The hardest part is trust. I'm going to let St. Joseph be a good dad. And I'm going to let him be who he is and let him do what he thinks is best. And he always does what is the will of the Father in heaven. And in a beautiful way, he's always taught me as a disciple, as a man who's a disciple of Jesus, as a disciple who's a priest of Jesus, he's always taught me the greatest mountain you have to climb is the one of trust. You know, placing the intention there, having dreams and hopes and aspirations. Yeah, just trust. Open yourself to the will of the Father in heaven. And Joseph is such a powerful, beautiful example of that. You know, and, and I'm not shocked at all. I'm not surprised at all that, you know, the, the role of the man as husband and father is totally under attack. It's, you know, under fierce attack. Um, you know, look at the rate of divorce today. Look at the, the number of children who don't have a good, healthy relationship with their dad. You know, they might not even know who their dad is, you know. If you look at the state of war in the world, how many dads have been yanked around the world to defend our country and their, they, their children grow up, they don't even know them, you know. When we pray for the people in the armed services, we're praying for all of them, their families and everything, I'm not surprised that there's this renewal 
being led by the Holy Spirit within and among disciples of Jesus to kind of pay attention to the heart of Jesus, pay attention to the heart of Mary, pay attention to the heart of Joseph, you know? I mean, the Holy Spirit knows the brokenness, the pressure in the society today, and yet here we are, what's more basic? You know, a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, and their child? It's Mother, the that's all exactly what I meant to say. And you said you. it all. I was just repeating you. <laughs> I just don't want to get fired. No. <laughs> but, but I think. Thank you, Father. But I think, again, and I'm addressing to the men. Yeah. That we're, we're not here to, it's a partnership. Yes. Yeah. And I always said that, thank God for Joanne that she brings the heart into the family. Do you want to say that again? Thank God for Joanne. <laughs> and, but That's I, I think all of us, you know, <laughs> Father, I, two become one. Yep. And we need each other. And that's mm. how God's design Absolutely. was. Yeah. And I think as Joseph, and I go back to, we're going to talk a little bit uh, right now. It'll probably be in the next minute on the, um, on Mary and uh, so forth. And as we talk about uh, the Annunciation coming up on May, March 25th, but I think of the words that came from both angels mm. to Mary, yeah. be not afraid. Yep. Yep. To Joseph, be not afraid. Exactly. Yeah. We're we're not looking to be putting ourselves in a position where we're machos. No. We're putting ourselves in a position to be the Saint Joseph where we're humble, yeah, but we're there to protect, provide, yep. lead, and teach. And that's so true. And yeah. I know, Father, the statistics that was brought out at the men's conference that when the man goes to Mass, mm. 80% of the families will go to Mass. Wow. When the woman only goes to Mass, only 20% yeah. go to Mass. The man has to say, there is a role God created me for. Yeah. And I need to surrender those areas that prevent me from being the loving husband that I need to be affirming husband. And that's why we need these conferences. That's why we need, but more importantly, we need to make Jesus as the king of our home hmm. because then St. Joseph and everybody comes with it. Yeah. Well, you know, the Holy Spirit's given us these phrases over the years to just do everything and anything to announce the kingdom and to spread and share the wealth that is the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And, you know, one of those early on in the development of this apostle and ministry you know, if you want a home in his heart, then you bring his heart in I your home. I love that. And then I was just thinking about this, you know, I think it was last year for the men's conference. You know, I was thinking like, you know, it's so stereotypical in our culture is, you know, a guy will refer to his house as this is my castle. This is my castle. And it's like, well, it might be your castle, but it's not your kingdom. Right. Mm, so give your castle over to the one true kingdom that is the Lord, you know. But I think of that, you know, the eagerness, the docility um, of Joseph and how much we need that. And the other thing is, keep in mind, we, St. Joseph would never have come up on the radar for any of humanity had it not been because of Our Lady and Jesus. And where would Our Lady have been if it not had been for St. Joseph? Mm. You know, she would have been put to death if St. Joseph yeah. wasn't there. You know, uh, a random young woman ending up conceiving a child. I mean, that, the poor soul. So when we enter into the gospel, we see the complementarity, but we also see that there's a need for one another in the proclamation of the gospel. And I love Bishop Griffin's words, you know, when he was bishop, he would always say, the equality is undeniable between a man and a woman. But to say that they're the same insults both. Mm, they're equal, but they're not so the same, true. you know? And they each have a different role to play in bringing the other to heaven. And I just remember that as a seminarian, him saying, you know, you can't deny the equality between a man and a woman, but to say that they're the same, you just insulted them both. Right. Yeah. They're they got different roles to play. And if we look at Mary and Joseph, Joseph and Mary, and this is a perfect opportunity for us to consider, you know, we're in the month of St. Joseph, asking St. Joseph, keep our eyes on Jesus and help us acknowledge we're walking with Mary. And what happens in this month of St. Joseph, we have this incredible solemnity, this powerful day to pray. 
And why it's not a holy day of obligation, I have absolutely no idea. What day is that? What the Annunciation. Day, All oh, right. my goodness. Bring it home. Yes. I mean, everyone's going to Mass on Christmas when Jesus is born. Yeah. But what about when Jesus becomes present among us in the womb? And at a certain state and time and period of history, such as this one, where the battle for the dignity of human life is so incredibly real, and the child in the womb of the mother yes. you know, is treasured by some and hated, despised by others, yeah. the incarnation, God taking flesh in the womb of Mary, which takes place at the mystery of the rosary we consider, the Annunciation, the solemnity in the life of the church we call the Annunciation, I mean, this is where it's at. God takes flesh and takes up a presence among us. And it's, it's on March 25th this yeah. year, Saturday. Absolutely. I mean, churches should be packed, standing room only, with people praising God for God taking flesh among us and dwelling among us. I mean, this is like the bookend. This is I, the first bookend of Christmas. I never really meditated on that, Father. I think about the visitation, Yeah. you know, with St. John the Baptist. Yeah, And absolutely. that interaction. Yeah. You know, womb to womb. Yep. But as far as our Lord taking flesh, yeah, I and mean, celebrating that moment, yeah, in the relevance of it for today, absolutely, is huge. I mean, think the heart of Jesus begins to beat, yeah, because God takes flesh in the womb of Mary, yeah. You know, and if you just, I mean, there would have been no baby Jesus visiting John the Baptist, yeah. both from the respective wombs of their mothers, had God not taken flesh. You know, when we are desperate for hope. We can only receive hope because God took flesh. Think of the Angelus. You know, we lower our head, we genuflect, we bow, because what? God takes flesh in the womb of Mary at the Annunciation. I mean, it's a powerful, and if you think about it in the, this journey of Lent, we're all focused on naturally so, and beautifully so. You know, if we think of the rosary, we're focused on the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary, the stations of the cross. We're looking ahead to the glorious mysteries, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and the dead. None of that can take place if he does not dwell among us in the flesh. And at the, you know, at the conferences, there was a head of the right to life. And he said something I really struck with me, asking everyone to just interact with five people, whether it's family members, neighbors, mm. you know, coworkers, and just help them have that heart for life. Wow. And help them yeah. to make a decision for life. Yeah, you know, on the ballot. You know, yeah. just make your voice be heard in some way. And I thought, gee, I looked around. I thought, with these, you know, almost three thousand women, if everybody interacted with five people, yeah. what a difference that would make. And yeah. if they interacted yeah. with five people, yeah. But I, I think that is a challenge. And I think it's important. So think about it. So true. Yeah. And, and Father, as we know in Luke, and he came to her and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and yeah. considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You know, and you, something just hit me as you're reading the, that passage. How many times have we asked someone to consider bringing the heart of Jesus into their home, and they become troubled? We don't know the depth of the trouble. We don't know the reality of the anxiety. We don't know the reason behind the hesitation. They just become troubled. Have you ever thought about bringing the heart of Jesus into your home? They get troubled. Yeah, I you know, know someone right now. You're right. looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I brought him into my home. You know? But you, I mean, think of that. You know, maybe when someone asked us, have you considered bringing the heart of Jesus yeah. in your home and throning? And then we become troubled. Maybe the next thing we have to just say is don't be afraid. Yeah. That's oh. what the angel said to Our Lady. Our That's Lady good. had no sin. She's the Immaculate Conception. St. Joseph is righteous and just. He's a good man. If these individuals who are so beautiful, even perfect in their humanity, have to be consoled by an angel, do not be afraid. Be not afraid. How much more so for us? That's a beautiful response. Isn't that the greatest, one of the greatest, uh, I guess, feelings going on today with everybody is fear. Oh, yeah. So it's so true. Fear. Mm -hmm. Anxiety. Uh, anxiety. Nervousness. And yeah. nervousness. And, you know, I remember uh, Father Joe Lash, um, uh, you know, who was our spiritual director early on, and we had had this conversion and so forth, going deeper with, with our Lord, his mother. And 
one of the things he said to us is, you are freed. You have been freed. Yeah. Instead of thinking about fear, instead yeah. of thinking about anxiety, when you cross that over to say, Jesus, you are my brother, friend, yeah. the king brother and friend of our home. You are taking over. I don't have to fear. Now I can become freed and become the person you want me to be. And my family can be freed. And until we as parents can free our children to be godly children and not what we think they should become, this is then we really truly are allowing God to be God. That's good. That's good. What do you think? That's good. Uh, I think you get a gold star. All right. I think so. If it weren't a Friday in Lent, I'd say you get a heart-shaped meatloaf. But <laughs> you got to wait till Not the resurrection. Not today, you know, Father. Not today. Father, she put it in the freezer. She never served it. Oh, you have a cold heart. Yeah. <laughs> you got to warm that thing up. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, Father. That's very good. Now, we do have one other feast day Uh coming up. Uh, I know the Franciscan gets nervous. (laughs) St. Patrick's, March 17th. What do you think, Father? I'm speechless. Because I'm the one with the Irish last name, and I'm not wearing green. And who has green? green. Yes, yes. We we did it for your sake. Ah, thank you. No, I mean, I mean, it's such a beautiful, such a beautiful opportunity to consider our brothers and sisters in heaven. Whenever we look at the saints, and for someone like Saint Patrick, whose name, you know, the celebration that revolves around him, but also let us remember his fidelity to Jesus. I mean, this was a man who was kidnapped. He was a slave. He became free. Becoming a priest, he went back to the went people back. who, you know, were his captors. Became a great missionary, a bishop. But one of the things I love about St. Patrick is he was strong in the faith. There was no, like, half-heartedness, no lukewarm. He wasn't timid. He was all in. Very penitential. And I, I love the way, you know, when in the gospel, Jesus says, repent and believe. That is Patrick. He was a man of repentance and belief. And what a beautiful example for us. You know, I mean, of all the things that the culture gets stuck on and, you know, and celebrates when not, I mean, if we could just remember, this was the, this was a beautiful, powerful disciple of Jesus who loved and was able to forgive because he knew he was forgiven by the Lord. So, I mean, there's always a reason to celebrate St. Patrick. And of course, in Central Ohio, we've got St. Patrick's Church, which is which like is beautiful, amazing. You know, and they celebrate it so they well. Do. But word to the wise, go the night before. <laughs> That's the real party. <laughs> <laughs> So, the but night- there's just a celebration, you know? And, yes. I mean, this is, if we could just, once the bonfire, again. bonfire, do they still have the bonfire outside? They carry bonfires. They carry the torches. Oh, know? okay. Yeah. But I think it just, it's just so beautiful when you think of like, once again, if we could go back earlier, the Lord is inviting us to live the good life. To acknowledge the true we, good life. The true good life. We've got siblings in heaven, the saints. So I think in amazing. closing, Father, we just challenge our listeners. We it's talked so about making faith a priority. Yes. See, being open and be not afraid to enthrone and consecrate. And then recognize that St. Joseph, and he's modeling for us the Immaculate Heart and the the beautiful when the angel says, be not afraid. And then we end up with St. Patrick's. I know. And he was an evangelist. Oh, totally. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think sometimes we're embarrassed to even say, well, should I nudge that person a little bit? I, I don't uh, think St. Patrick sure. would have hesitated. No, no. He probably would have pushed him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm exhausted. We just ran through all of salvation history in an hour. <laughs> and I've just been told Thank that you, I have Father. to say we need you. to keep the Franciscan at peace to my left. You know, I, I hope in this show our listeners have heard something that they're able to walk away with and take away just to remember how much they are loved. We invite you to join with us as we close this first hour, first hour, this Sacred Heart Hour on the first Friday of the month of March in prayer as we just, you know, we renew our openness, our yes. dependency upon the kingship yes. of Jesus. Yes. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew our consecration today to thy divine heart. Be our king forever. In you we have full and entire confidence. May your spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless our undertakings, share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us the grace to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen. Amen.
This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR New Boston, Portsmouth.